Hello guys, what's going on? Welcome back to Just Like Other Girls. Shannon Fiedler here once again, coming at you to talk about what's on my mind. And happy to be here. I've been watching Daisy Jones and the Six. I read the book, I love the book. I'm going to talk about that a little later. Um, But I was watching the series and on Friday the last two episodes came out. And I won't give any spoilers because I'm sure people are still watching, but like I was so satisfied with the way the series came together and wrapped up. And I think because I loved the book, when I watched, and I was uncertain about some of the casting at first. I like the characters didn't feel the way that I saw them in my head when I was reading the book. So I was, I think I went in needing it to prove something to me. You know, I kind of like went into the show with a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I was like, all right, show, show me what you got. Because. I was like so defensive of the book and I didn't want to ruin it and you know the first episodes I think they were maybe a little slower getting the story started whatever it doesn't really matter because by the end I was so invested in these characters and I loved these actors and I love the music I have listened to the soundtrack ad nauseum like I I keep playing their album Aurora And it's like really the only thing that I'm listening to. That and Taylor Swift because I'm always listening to Taylor Swift. Um, But I was so satisfied with the way it ended. And even though I knew where it was going because I read the book. So I knew what was going to happen. I was still crying at the end because I'm always crying when I'm watching something. And I just, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Um, The world building too in the way that they film this series is just so exquisite because it's you know it's look I'm sure it wasn't the best time when you were living it and I mean these characters this isn't a spoiler you could tell this from just watching the trailer these characters are dealing with like some heavy drug problems and stress and exhaustion but that world is glamorized and romanticized in this idea of like rock and roll and what it means to be a rock star in the 70s no less and I don't know, like honestly, I'm doing a lot of online shopping because I'm always doing a lot of online shopping and I find myself really only wanting to wear these like 70s inspired clothes right now. Like everything I'm drawn to is either crochet or like this flowy like kimono cover up for the pool and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm just trying to be Daisy Jones. I just want to be here. I want to dress like her. The show is amazing. If you haven't watched it, it's absolutely worth watching. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, this is not a sponsored ad, but I just, I think everyone should watch it. It was, it was really good. And I think the show has a lot to say about creativity and art, but also just like relationships and love and commitment and respect for other people, respect for yourself. There's, there's a lot of great themes and I love the show, which leads me though. The reason I said I'll, I'll talk about the book later is because that's actually, You know, I was thinking a lot about the book in watching the show and and it brought me to what I want to talk about today. So I'm a reader. I always have been. I like a good book. I feel like there's always a book on my nightstand that I'm in the process of reading. I love books. I, I love books because I love the written word, which should come as a surprise to no one. I am a writer, so it would be a problem if I didn't. The test of a good book to me and what makes me drawn to a story in a novel oftentimes has less to do with the plot of the book and more to do with 
the way the words flow on the page. Because of that, sometimes it can be really hard for me to find books I like because I want to read this sort of like easy, light, beach read kind of stuff because I've talked about this before, but a lot of times like when I'm coming to either something I'm watching on TV or something I'm reading, I don't want it to feel too heavy. I don't want it to feel like a lesson. I feel like, you know, I I need something light and escapist and just fun. Um, And I think that sometimes when you're looking for those, they often don't necessarily have the same attention to the craft of the actual writing and the prose um, that some of the books that you see like on the New York Times top books of the year list or the ones that you would read in school, yes, they have those beautiful turns of phrases and, and sentences that can make you weep or put a dagger through your heart, but they deal with some heavy, heavy topics that I'm not necessarily trying to take on in my light, casual vacation reading. So I became a reader, I guess, like, you know, I I read as a kid. I wasn't necessarily, like, this huge bookworm of a kid. It's not like I always had a book in my hand. But I always liked to read and and enjoyed it. And then I remember vividly the book that changed everything for me. And that was in sixth grade um, in my middle school literature class. We read a book called The Westing Game. And... The book was like a little bit of a mystery. You didn't know where it was going. The characters were pretty fleshed out. It was the first time that we studied literature in a way where we were looking at the words and not just... It was the first time that I was asked to write a book report that required me to like do some extrapolation and think about like, okay, what does this story mean beyond just, you know, regurgitating back to someone the plot, which was every book report I had written up until that point. And... I just remember reading that book, being obsessed with it, and and from that point forward I was like, okay, I, I like literature. I like writing. I like reading. This is These are my subjects in school. And up until then I was like, you know, I thought I liked math. Crazy, I know. <laughs> Definitely don't feel that way anymore. But I remember that moment. Actually, there was one moment before that, now that I think about that, in my fourth grade class, our teacher read holes to us out loud. Holes is like such an iconic book for people who grew up in my generation and my vintage. I think that that book was like just maybe, okay, not as meaningful as Harry Potter. Harry Potter was a cultural phenomenon, but Holes was such a big deal and it was a book that we all were obsessed with and loved. And I I felt again that there was something more to that book than just a basic plot and a story. And I remember like we had like raffles in school for whatever reason like if you were good you got tickets and I never win anything in my life. I I do not have the luck gene when it comes to that kind of stuff. I I'm not I don't win like the lottery or raffles or drawings or stuff but for whatever reason this one week when the prize was going to be a copy of the book holes which we were being read to in class I won the lottery and or the raffle and I had never won it before but I was so excited because like that was the prize I wanted and I went home and I finished the book that weekend I think I just like didn't play my PlayStation I didn't do anything I just finished that book and again I wasn't like this crazy voracious book bookworm of a kid and so that was like a big deal for me too so these like seminal books I remember so vividly because they had such an impact on me and then I went on to 
to become someone who studied literature. And it was really great. I, I loved it. And again, as a writer, I think it taught me a lot about words and how to use them and, and all of that. But it also, when you're studying literature in that way for that many years, at that intensity that I was, especially at the college I went to and the kinds of classes I was taking. And, you know, I went to a school that was small, so there were a lot of seminars, so it was a lot of discussion and long-term papers. And I took a class my senior year on um, James Joyce, which is just like, nobody reads James Joyce for fun. If you've ever, like, it is impossible to wrap your head around. Like, we took an entire semester to read two books and just, like, try and understand them. And so you come to have a very specific relationship with reading when you're always studying it. And I loved studying it. Don't get me wrong. Like I loved when you would be given like a passage or a poem and they'd be like, can you interpret like this one specific phrase or word? And like who knows if the author even like thought about that. But you as a student, especially in college when you like think you're so intellectual or whatever – you can spend hours interpreting one sentence and, and you come and you're like, they, they use this metaphor, the use of the color red throughout the novel, which sometimes I'm like, I don't even know if the writers even meant that. Literature becomes something that's very like esoteric. It's very heady and you're always looking for these meanings and this like deeper dive. And I think for a while after I graduated school, It kind of, I don't want to say it ruined reading for me because I still liked to read. But I had these like deeper expectations of what reading had to be. And I was picking up books that were like, like for like six years after college, every couple months I would try to read 1984 by George Orwell. It's a classic. It has a lot to say. It has societal commentary. And I would get like 50 pages into this book and I just like could not get farther. And then I would try again. And then I would try. And I, I genuinely did not enjoy reading this book. I, I still have never finished it. And I know it's a good book. I know that like if I read it, there would be these like profound takeaways. But like literally could not get through it. There was another one. I, you know, I'm a big, this is like the, one of the more cliche things about me. But I'm a big, great, great Gatsby fan. Wow. I don't know why that became a tongue twister for me. I'm a big, great Gatsby fan. I love that book. I love anything that has to do with love. I'm a hopeless romantic and I love a tragedy about love because I'm a masochist as well. Who knows? But, you know, the whole story of Daisy and and pining and yearning and making yourself and not making yourself and the glitz and the glamour in the 20s. I loved that novel. I read it like four times um, on my own too after school. And... So I, that's an F. Scott Fitzgerald book, and I remember picking up, going on vacation with my family, um, another Fitzgerald book. I think it was like Tender as the Night, and I hated this book. And every time, like, I would read it on the plane, and then I'd be like, God, I hate this book. And then I'd, like, bring it to the beach and be like, oh, my God, I don't want to read this. And finally, my dad was like, stop reading it. He was like, no one is forcing you. You're not in school But I was so used to reading in that way of like you have to finish it. You have to take something away. What's the greater meaning? That it like wasn't in my nature to put that book down and be like, okay, I'm not going to read it. So a long time passed when I first graduated college that I was picking up books that I was either like rereading classics that I loved like Gatsby or 
All the King's Men was another one that I really loved. Or picking up books that I thought meant something, like they had this like heft to them, which was like maybe a little posery and maybe a little bit like, oh, I was an English major of me, but it's what I did. And I read some really good books through it, like I, um, Neil Gaiman's American Gods, which is a fantastic book. But my God, is that a, it's a tome. It's like 700 pages. And I just remember I enjoyed that book a lot. And that book is a huge social commentary. And there's so much. I, You know how I just said maybe authors don't mean to put in all this symbolism. He meant to put in all this symbolism, let me tell you. But it's a fabulous book. But it's like, it's heavy. It's a book that I think you could study. You could take a class on. And I think it took me like a year and a half to finish this book. So by the time I got to the end, I was like, I don't even remember what happened in the beginning. And it felt, even though I was enjoying it, it felt a little bit like a trudge and like a chore and like homework. And so finally I got to this place where I was like, okay, I I did this. I did college. You know, I, I did the English major. I did the intense study of works of literature and, and books that have this like great meaning, whatever. I kind of don't want reading to feel like homework. I want reading to be something that like I look forward to that's like a light escape and also something that I can do instead of watching TV. And I kind of changed the kind of books that I read and I started looking more towards pop fiction. Or, you know, a lot of people would call it chiclet. Um, and then I know a lot of people have problems with that. A lot of people are like, oh, that's like, you know what? I think it is chiclet. It, it's girly stuff. It's rom-coms. I love it. You guys know this podcast is called Just Like Other Girls. I love girly stuff. So I was like really into this pop-lit chiclet um, and finding the books that I liked within it. And some of them are still these sort of like amazing, deep, wonderful stories about people and relationships, but they're they're not trying to be the next great American novel. You know, they're they're just telling good stories in well-written ways. And I think that's like really changed my relationship with reading in the past, I would say like five years. And I read a lot more now and I enjoy it a lot more and I like talking about it more because it's more of just like, I, I treat it more like watching a TV show instead of, you know, watching the news. And that's been really fun for me. And I think I found a lot of good books through that. And and one thing I will say is Reese Witherspoon, that girl knows what's up. The Reese Witherspoon book club almost never lets me down. And the first book I read from the Reese Witherspoon book club was Daisy Jones and the Six, which I think has become my favorite book. First of all, if you haven't read the book, do. It's the best. But it it uses a really unique format which I loved. I loved seeing that experimentation. But it tells a really powerful story in a world that you want to get lost in. 1970s rock and roll. It feels glamorous. It feels other. It doesn't feel like I'm just reading about my typical life. Like there's an element of escapism to that. But the people are very real and authentic. And the emotions and the relationships that they're dealing with are things I think we've all experienced and can relate to and I think through this sort of glamorous tale of a rock star and a band the author Taylor Jenkins Reid ends up hitting some 
quite profound human truths about the experience of being in love and being committed to another person and the confusion of having one person that you're committed to but then there's someone else in your life that is interesting and and what it means to be creative and to create art with another person and I just I remember I remember reading that book and multiple times my breath being taken away by simple sentences and that was something that I think was really powerful to me about that book was like she didn't her language wasn't flowery at all but the way that she formed a sentence or the way that she put dialogue together with one person saying one thing and another person saying another there were so many times that I like felt a pang in my heart or in my gut reading these lines. I think I read the book in a weekend, which at the time was the fastest I had read a book in a really long time because I genuinely could not put it down. And after reading that, I just had a very different idea of, okay, what am I looking for in a book? And I came to realize that what I'm looking for is a good plot, a good story, It has to have some level of emotional depth to it, but hopefully in a very like human relationship way. I found that I I didn't want to be reading about like huge issues or like these very difficult, like bigger societal commentary because I feel like I'm getting that all the time in the news and think pieces and articles and even conversations with friends, which is another great book. But I wanted something that was more about the emotional experience of being a human and the relationships you have with other people because that is something that I think art gives us that other mediums don't. Art holds a mirror to you and says, hey, have you felt this way before? And I personally, as a writer, and I'm obviously very biased, I think the written word can do it in a way that can really elicit an emotional reaction that that makes you think and makes you feel in a very profound and cathartic way. It's the same reason that like when I listen to music, sometimes the lyrics will really have that effect on me. Taylor Swift all the time has that effect on me. Like, And I think it's again those turns of phrases that are so powerful. And I think Taylor Swift is a really great example actually. And I know she's not a novelist, but sort of straddles this line of like it's pop music it's very accessible you know what's going on and then she'll hit you with a line like um you kept me like a secret but I kept you like an oath the first time I heard that I literally gasped I was like oh my god because it was just such a beautiful structure of language that meant so much and I think that is what I'm looking for in a book. I'm looking for a book that has moments of that in the way that it's written as well as like a fun story that keeps the page turning that again doesn't feel like homework, doesn't depress me. Too many books are depressing. And I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, you should read this book but only only when you're okay to like really cry and, and, and feel upset. And I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to right now. I'm okay if I feel like sad at the end of a book like a Daisy Jones because of something like that. But I I, I don't know. I just, I I didn't want anything depressing. And so I started chasing books that felt like Daisy Jones. And that was sort of the barometer that I was holding all these books that I was reading up to. And I will admit, 
I'm going to admit something here. When I first picked up the book and people had recommended it to me and it looked interesting and it said Reese Witherspoon's book club on it, the the absolutely obnoxious, I majored in English in college persona that lives deep in my soul was like, ugh, this can't be good if it's like a popular book club book. And I was so freaking wrong. And I have found that the books that Reese Witherspoon is tapping and putting in her book club and then making amazing films out of are hitting everything that I want them to hit. And I should have known that. Reese Witherspoon is brilliant and she's artistic and of course she's not going to pick things that are truly just fluff. She's going to find a way to find something that is like fun, can work in the zeitgeist, can work for everyone, but can still have some depth to it and meaning and make you feel something. And so that was like a big moment for me to like swallow my pride and be like, wow, you were a total jerk about this, Shannon. And now I really like, I really look at her books and I I read almost all of them because I find them to be some of my favorites. Um, So those those are some of what I'm looking for when I'm in a book. I think I'm also like, I'm at a phase in my life where my friends and I are starting to do book clubs. It just makes it so much more fun to know that you're reading the book, someone else is reading it, you talk about it. And obviously like any book club, when we get together, we end up talking about the book for like 15 minutes and then, I don't know, we talk about everything else in the world that's going on and especially like they're friends that I love but I don't get to see as frequently. So it's also just like we end up just catching up. But I think there is something something about reading a book and knowing that a lot of other people are reading it, that it's a zeitgeist book, that it's something that you can talk to people about. Um, I think that's a big part of interacting with any kind of art and books are no exception. So um, highly recommend being in a book club if you're not. Even if you don't want to really read the book, you want to just skim it or like watch the show of it, it's so fun to be in a book club. Um, I'm in two and nine times out of ten we're reading like the same books, which is great. Um, because I'm not a fast reader. I will say that. I, um, I'm not a fast reader. And I had a lot of, I don't know, I, like, I always felt like I was failing because of that. But then I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm not a fast reader because I'm really trying to take it all in and soak it all in. And also, it's not a freaking competition. And that's something that I have to tell myself about all aspects of life. I read before I go to sleep. And I recommend that as well. Um, it's... It's much better for me than watching TV or scrolling through my phone because, well, the truth of the matter is it puts me to bed like really quickly, which is another reason it takes me a really long time to read books because I read before I go to sleep. I get like two and a half pages in and then I cannot tell you how many nights I fall asleep holding my book and drop it on my face and that or like Pat has to take my Kindle out of the bed because I'm just like asleep holding the Kindle. So those are like my reading habits. I, I find it I find it to be like a really good way to end the day to just like take a book, not be on my phone, fall asleep to it. And it's terrible for remembering the book because I sleep read many pages. I don't know if you've ever done that. Like you like read a book as you're falling asleep and then realize the next morning that like you read three pages while you were pretty much asleep and so then you have to go back and reread them so it's not a fast process but it's the process that works for me I will just say like a couple other books that I would recommend if you are interested in the same sort of style that I am like the Daisy Joneses of the world the sort of easy to read good plot um usually a romance involved but 
really well written. Um, Taylor Jenkins Reid, all her books are great, uh, but Daisy and then The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo really stand out to me, and I think most people that I've talked to agree. Um, those two you kind of can't go wrong with. I I read The Club over my vacation, which is another Reese Witherspoon book club, and that one is that one's more of a thriller, and it's definitely more of like a plot story, but I was addicted to it, and I couldn't remember the last time I had been addicted to a book. It had been a while. I'd been sort of trudging through the last couple books that I read, and this book, I was like finding pockets of my day to read two pages because I wanted to know what happened next, um, and I know they're going to end up making a movie of it because it just like has that vibe to it, so definitely read that. Um, I I just started Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, which is I think like the trendy book of right now. It's kind of like Daisy Jones was or Where the Crawdads Sing, those books that, you know, everybody was sort of reading and talking about. That one, so far I'm loving it, but I'm also like 20 pages in, so I can't give you any kind of recommendation on it, but so far I'm really loving it. We're reading it in my book clubs. Um... And then this one is kind of like a long shot, but my best friend had recommended to me for years that I read Valley of the Dolls, which is an old book. It came out in the 60s, and it was revolutionary in the 60s because it showed women doing things, having sexual lives, having careers in the 1930s, I think, is is when most of it takes place through the 60s. And just like the abuse that they faced and the impossible standards. And in some ways it feels so dated and in other ways you're like, oh my God, literally nothing has changed. And this idea of fame and the upsides and the downsides and all of that. And that book was amazing. I, it felt so modern reading it, but also you know it's, it's this crazy classic. So... I would recommend that and that really again that had so much emotional depth but it's also like they're at parties in New York City in the 30s like it feels fun and light and readable and I think that's important for me is that these books feel readable. So I would recommend that. The last thing I'll say is I, I'm a big believer that reading is good for you and and, and this is a, again a highly biased opinion. I majored in English. I am literally a writer. Like if I didn't believe reading was good for you, that would be a problem. But I think that a lot of people put a lot of put a lot of stake on what they're reading and what that says and the types of things that they're reading. And like I said, I used to do that when I first graduated school. I was like, I have to read literature with a capital L and like you know, I think some people, I've, I've known people who say like, oh, I'll only read nonfiction because I have to learn something. And I would argue you can learn a lot from fiction and narrative and story, but that's a different story. I personally don't really like nonfiction, but I feel like I should be reading more of it. So I'm always like kind of trying to pick it up, but it's not exciting to me. Or what the point that I'm trying to get at is just read. It doesn't, it genuinely doesn't matter what you're reading as long as it's something that keeps your interest. So if you like books that have no plot line, like if you like books that are pure, pure fluff, they know they're fluff, they want to be fluff, read that. 
there's still you're still reading you're still spending time with the written word you're still going to be thinking things in ways that you hadn't thought about them before because no book is truly all fluff if you like reading nonfiction, read nonfiction. If you like reading fiction, read fiction. If you like reading sports magazines, read that. Just as long as you're spending the time reading, exercising that muscle, and using it to think about things in a different way, I, don't, I genuinely don't think it matters what you read. And I think what stops a lot of people from reading, because it stopped me for a while, I've seen it happen to Pat, I think what stops people from reading is they pick up books that they actually have no desire to read. But they feel like, oh, I should read this. I'm supposed to read this. Everyone's talking about this book. Or I could learn something from this book. Or I don't know. I, I bought this book. I have to read it now because I spent $17 on it. When you have those books on your nightstand, you're never going to pick them up. Or you're going to pick them up. You're going to read one page. And you're going to be like, are we done yet? So my advice is figure out what works for you. Is it a real book? Is it an e-reader? Is it fiction? Is it nonfiction? Is it comedy? Is it depth? Is it short stories? Is it poems? Is it essays? It doesn't matter. Is it articles on L.com? I genuinely don't care. Just read. Reading is good for you. It's good for the soul. I believe this fully. Find people who like to read the same things as you do and discuss with them. Form your own little book club. It's so much fun. And again, read whatever you want in book club. And happy, happy reading, guys. It means a lot to me. I, I love it. And as more good books come across my page, I'll be sure to share them with you. Well, that's all I got today. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. As always, love chatting with you. Please hit me in on Instagram, on TikTok, send me a DM on Instagram. I honestly don't really know how to check my DMs on TikTok. But let me know your favorite books. I'd love to hear it. Um, but until then, until we chat again, this was Just Like Other Girls. I'm Shannon Fiedler, and I'll see you next week.